0: the end of the world. This is your community spirit, the show about caring, sharing, and preparing for the changes needed in the world as we know it. Let's bring back the circle again, circle of friends, circle of family, the circle of being. Wake up and be healthy and therefore wealthy to the peace and joy of Mother Earth. You're listening to your community spirit. Coming at you, as always, on Fridays from 10 to 10.30 a.m. Here on WDBX 91.1 FM, community radio for Southern Illinois. So as if you're a regular listener, you may have noticed I am not, in fact, Orr. Uh, Orr is usually running the board and doing the intro, but he's off on his renewable adventures. Um, he's going to be gone, at, I believe, another week still before he gets back but that just means he'll have all the more to tell us about when he returns. He was just telling me about a project he was involved in that used bicycle power to power the pre-game show of the Super Bowl. So that's pretty exciting stuff, and I'm sure he'll have more to tell about it when he gets back in town. In the meantime, we've got all sorts of exciting news and happenings here in Southern Illinois, so uh, we'll get to those. And if you have any to send our way, you can either email them to me, my name is Tree Song. And my email address is treesong at treesong.org, and we'll get those mentioned on the air, because if they're mentioned here on WDBX, they will actually happen, (laughs) because people will hear about them and get excited, just like we're excited here at Your Community Spirit. So our happenings for the week. Uh, There are several happenings coming up. And one is the chocolate fountain at the Neighborhood Co-op Grocery. Now, I've got to mention this event because I'm excited about chocolate. And every year, this is the second year they've done it now, just as soon as they bust out that big chocolate fountain and I see the molten chocolate flowing, you know, it gets me very happy. (laughs) So the chocolate fountain is at the Neighborhood Co-op. It's actually there right now, but they're having the actual Um, chocolate event on saturday from 11 to 3 and there will also be chair massages there will be music by kurt wilson so lots of festivities and activities over there Uh, that's this coming saturday tomorrow from 11 a.m to 3 p.m and plenty going on there all day too And I accidentally jumped out of chronological order here because I was so excited about chocolate. Uh, But we do have another happening that's coming up, well, tonight. That would be uh, tonight, Friday, February 8th. It's time for the next in the Winter Film Series over at the Big Muddy IMC. They're having their February film and discussion. And this week, they're having a film called Stealing America, Vote by Vote. Emmy-winning Oscar-nominated filmmaker... Dorothy Fadiman investigates significant irregularities in the presidential election of 2004, while underscoring the fact that the election fraud and reform are not partisan issues. And I think I think that's fair. Regardless of which party you belong to, uh, you don't want people tampering with the vote because then uh, nobody gets a fair shot. So once again, that is tonight at 7 p.m. That's at the Big Muddy IMC, located 214. North Washington in Carbondale. While we're on the subjects of film, I'll go ahead and give you a heads-up on the next Big Muddy IMC film. That's coming up in a week. And that film on February 15th will be Enron, The Smartest Guys in the Room. This film chronicles the Texas conmen who, reporting imaginary profits while concealing real losses, rode the bull market into America's largest bankruptcy. So that's coming up next Friday, and that's 7 p.m. next Friday, This Friday is Stealing America Vote by Vote. Sounds pretty interesting. Coming up tonight. have another happening coming up next week as you may know is valentine's day next week on thursday february 14th we have valentine's day and i'm not really going to say too much about that because you know i figure hallmark and all of them will say plenty to try to get you to buy cards and chocolates and such but we do have happenings that so happen to fall on valentine's day this year so we'll mention those to you these uh community events And uh, once again, if you have any more happenings to send our way, you can send them to me at treesong at treesong.org. But coming up next Thursday, Marla Copolina, a nature artist and a graduate student at SIUC, will be giving a presentation on various species of snails in the heartland. This is at the Shawnee Group Sierra Club meeting, coming up on Thursday, February 14th at 7.30 p.m. at the Carbondale Township Hall. So you've uh, got a good day here to show your love for snails. That's once again at the Carbondale Township Hall in Carbondale, uh, right across from the Bank of Carbondale, coming up next Thursday. So it sounds like an interesting presentation, but uh, but some of the life in the heartland here. Then we have one last happening for today. That's the uh, Student Environmental Center meeting. That is also happens to fall this time on Valentine's Day. It's every Thursday at 8 p.m. That's over at the Interfaith Center. That's located at 913 South Illinois Avenue in Carbondale. Now, they over at the Student Environmental Center, they like showing their love for the Earth. So on this Valentine's Day, one of the things you can do is go show your love for the Earth by uh, hanging out with the Student Environmental Center. I know that's where I'll be for at least that particular one-hour span. That's coming up Thursday at 8 p.m. Should be a good time. So those are our happenings for this week. If you have any more to send our way, uh, you can send them to me at treesong at treesong.org. And when Orr gets back, he'll have more to say about his happenings that he's experienced while he was out of town. I'm pretty excited to hear about that, and I'll be sure to remember to ask him uh, when we're back on the radio show. In the meantime, though, with some of the big happenings covered, we can move on to some of the news now this first story was actually passed on to me by some of my online friends this is uh... unfortunately it's a very sad story but a very fascinating story and it's called enter the trashy vortex And this is about a vortex a pacific gyre getaway got the sit at home blues you need an escape how about a a refreshingly out of the ordinary journey the calm heart of the mighty pacific well that sounds like fun right going to the heart of the mighty pacific well might not be so fun if you go to this particular tourist attraction it's called the great eastern garbage patch and here's how one author describes this place it's a gyre of rotating trash double the size of texas located near hawaii it's about three million tons of trash floating in the garbage patch That is plastic. Um, Charles Moore, the founder of the Algalita Marine Research Foundation in Long Beach, California, was quoted in the Christian Science Monitor as describing it as, quote, a toilet that never flushes but just keeps accumulating. It's still a wonder. It's a wonder of the world. (laughs) And it's also the ideal holiday destination. Sounds like a good holiday destination, doesn't it? A rotating trash pile double the size of Texas off in the ocean? <laughs> well, maybe not quite such a good destination, but it makes for a good story. After Moore's discovery of the patch, which is known as the Northern Pacific Subtropical Gyre, he discovered it in 1997, and afterwards, some thought it was a hoax, since there weren't any satellite photos of the garbage patch visible from space. That's because the nature of the beast was misunderstood. The millions of tons of plastic trash that have accumulated in this specific gyre are mostly floating just under the surface, forming more of a trash soup than a trash island. A little background on this, the northern Pacific subtropical gyre is one of Earth's five gyres, and gyres are are massive circular current vortices between continental land masses that move debris toward the center. They're like mighty, placid whirlpools with no drain. So it's kind of like the ocean is taking all of this plastic and all of this trash, trying to flush it, trying to flush it, but then it just gets to one spot and spins around a little bit. So what better place to take a holiday tour, eh? Some of the types of debris that were found by Moore's 1998 research expedition include a drum of hazardous chemicals, an inflated volleyball that was half covered in gooseneck barnacles, a plastic coat hanger with a swivel hook on it, a cathode ray tube for a 19-inch inch TV, an inflated truck tire mounted on a steel rim. Yes, that's an inflated truck tire. <laughs> Numerous plastic and some glass uh, fishing floats, and a gallon bleach bottle so brittle that it crumbled when handled. Oh. So, yeah, there's this massive pile of trash floating around in the Pacific Ocean right now. Sort of all accumulated out of all that we've dumped in the ocean. So if you'd like more information on this, you could do an internet search on Enter the Trashy Vortex, or you can go to the blog of a ship that is exploring and analyzing this trash, hopefully in the hopes of doing something about it, or at least understanding what went wrong. That blog is located at Ship To Shore, that's Ship Number two: com. It's a rather disturbing story, but I think that's all the more reason to talk about it and bring it up, because if we're made aware of what's happening due to our pollution of the oceans and the land, then we may actually think twice about it and try to find positive solutions. And now here's a little bit more positive news, although it still does involve uh, sending a bit of pollution into the air. Car CarHip Enterprise. Enterprise and other rental companies move into the car-sharing market. Enterprise Rent-A-Car is zooming ahead with a car-sharing program, a la the successful Zipcar. The Enterprise venture, called WeCar, started on the campus of St. Louis' Washington University last month. Ah, oh, that's very close to us but it will kick off in urban style in the city downtown next week. WeCar will begin with nine Toyota Prius hybrids and will target employees who commute without a car to work and then need a vehicle during the day. ZipCar, which targets residential areas, is not available in St. Louis. WeCar joins a U-Haul program with the self-explanatory name U-CarShare, available in college cities like Ann Arbor, Michigan and Berkeley, California car rental companies Hertz and Avis are also eyeing car sharing because as we all learned in kindergarten sharing is caring straight to the source the Wall Street Journal well if we are going to be driving around these uh these gas guzzling internal combustion beasts <laughs> we may as well make an effort to share them with each other so car hip enterprise it's an interesting car sharing program Can you hear the heartbeat of the earth? That's a good question. If you're listening to this show, you're probably getting a step closer, learning about all these ecological news stories. Now on to the next story. Now we've seen it all. Like now we've seen it all, but now we've seen it all. Clean energy boosting economic stimulus bill falls just one vote short in the Senate. The Senate version of the economic stimulus bill which included clean energy initiatives, was shot down in the chamber this evening, uh, previous evening during the week. The loss was predicted, though the closeness of the vote perhaps wasn't. Had one more senator voted aye, the package would have passed. Green Group Friends of the Earth blames the loss on Senator John McCain, who failed to show up to the voting. Senators Barack Obama and Hillary Clinton both voted in favor of the bill. Straight to the source, Market Watch, The New York Times, Friend of the Earth. Ah, uh, that's kind of frustrating. One vote short. But hey, I guess there's always next time. Gotta keep pushing for clean energy. And in other news, I would almost call this one news of the weird. <laughs> we owe you a debt of platitude. Range of green cards offers carbon offsets for purchases. Major banks in the United States last year started offering green credit cards that use about 1% of the amount of consumers' purchases to offset their emissions. So far, the cards seem to be taking off, benefiting credit card companies and, arguably, hopefully in some small way at least, benefiting the planet. The cards come complete with hokey names like GreenPay MasterCard, GE Money Earth Rewards MasterCard, and Brighter Planet Visa. As customers spend, no doubt on eco-friendly purchases, they accumulate points towards offsets or carbon mitigation projects. The going rate is roughly one ton of carbon offset for about $1,000 in credit card purchases. Green credit cards have earned scorn from some critics who argue that they foster the illusion that a few offsets will solve the world's environmental woes and will encourage carbon frivolity. But credit card execs disagree, saying the cards are just one more way consumers can lighten the planet's environmental load. Quote, We don't pretend to be the only answer, said Bank America's Michael Rhodes. Straight to the source, the Wall Street Journal. Well... I'll agree with him there. It's not the only answer. (laughs) But hey, I guess it's something, right? And in other news, Super Troopers Troop On. The Green Take on Super Duper Tuesday. (laughs) Rock'em, sock'em, Super Tuesday. A lot of adjectives here. Coming out of Super Tuesday's primaries and caucuses in 22 states, the Republicans are looking ever more likely to nominate their most eco-conscious candidate, John McCain, who was the big GOP winner of the day. But, green issues don't seem to have played much, if any, role in the Republican voting. And McCain didn't reference anything environmental in his speech to supporters at the end of the night. In contrast, Hillary Clinton and Barack Obama, who are still running oh so close, both made impassioned calls for environmental action in their speeches on Tuesday. Quote, I see an America where we stand up to the oil companies and the oil-producing countries, where we launch a clean energy revolution and finally confront the climate crisis, said Clinton who also praised, quote, "...businesses who are training people for green collar jobs," and, quote, "...the auto companies and the auto workers who want higher gas mileage cars so we can compete with the rest of the world." Obama, on the other hand, said, quote, "...we will harness the ingenuity of farmers and scientists and entrepreneurs to free this nation from the tyranny of oil once and for all, and we will invest in solar and wind and biodiesel clean energy, green energy that can fuel economic development for generations to come. And so, with rhetoric like that, the race goes on. Straight to the source, the New York Times, the Washington Post. It's interesting to see so many candidates at least mentioning something about ecological issues. I guess once they've mentioned all this in their campaign speech, that's when we get to see whoever the winner is, whether or not they actually follow through with any of it. But if they don't, we've got all of this saved. We wrote down what they said, so we'll be sure to remind them for the next four to eight years. And it looks like we have time for one more story. This one is called The Checks in the Gale. Wind power technicians are in high demand. As the wind industry experiences a huge boom, trained technicians are in high demand. Wind techs must have smarts in mechanics, hydraulics, computers, and meteorology. And, of course, they must not be afraid of heights. (laughs) It's because they've got to climb up in those... Uh, those wind towers. (laughs) Uh, The relatively new industry's oldest independent training programs aren't even five years old, and the industry is hustling to support training programs at community and technical colleges. Quote, It's a career that has a good future in it, and it'll help the environment because it doesn't pollute, says one Kansas wind energy student. Quote, I figured there'd be a lot of job opportunities when I graduated. And indeed, that seems highly likely. Some 800 tucks are needed to serve the turbines expected to be erected in 2008 alone. The industry offers entry-level wages of up to $25 an hour. Ah, uh, what are you waiting for, green job seekers? Straight to the source, the Associated Press. And that reminds me of, a, of programs being worked on by Van Jones uh, from the Bioneers uh, Conference last, uh, last fall. He was talking about green-collar jobs and how one of the best ecological and social strategies is to combine this need for new green collar jobs with the fact that there are many working poor and unemployed and such who could use good, you know, good income producing jobs. You know, you've got people who could use money. You've got a planet who could use green energy. Seems like a perfect fix. All right, so it looks like the clock on the wall is telling me that we've reached that magical time once again. Um, I'd like to thank you for listening to your community spirit. My name is Tree Song. You can reach me at treesong at treesong.org. We'll be back here again next Friday with more happenings, news, and many other adventures. (laughs) Go ahead and contact us if you have anything to share. In the meantime, enjoy the somewhat seasonally appropriate weather, and we'll see you next week.